Jumping into our new series, uh, we've been in this new series called Emmanuel. Anybody was here last week, uh, and we, we started this new series, Emmanuel, God with us, and, and, it, and, and it's one of those that we're, we're talking about the presence of God in, in the different seasons of our lives, right? Because we go through seasons and seasons. Would you agree with that? Like, we go different seasons in life, right? Uh, we go mountaintops, valley, and, and, and last week we talked about Emmanuel, God with us in the middle of the what? The valley, right? And, and, and if you were not here, you can always look, uh, check it out on our podcast. But we talked about the presence of God in the valleys, and we learned this key principle, right? And the principle was that we may enjoy, yes, we may enjoy God, enjoy God in the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys, And that was the main principle we learned last week. But today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about this concept and and the reality of the presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us in the storms. Emmanuel, God with us in the storms. I heard it uh, and I read it like this um, this past week. You're either coming out of a storm or you're in the middle of the storm, or there's a storm around the corner. Uh, and let me just say, right, this is like, bro, like, you're supposed to encourage me. But, but listen, that's the reality of it, right? You are either coming out of a storm, you're in the middle of the storm, and if you're like, everything is good, there is a storm around the corner. And I just want to hear, uh, I just want to see, like, where everybody's at and and you, you can be vulnerable if you don't want to. That's totally fine. Um, how many of you guys are coming out of a storm? Anybody coming out of a storm? Okay, okay. How many of you guys are in the middle of a storm? Anybody in the middle of just like, okay. How many of you guys, everything is good? All right, cool. I'll, I'll come talk to you later. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, but, but this quote just like says that life can just be really difficult and Um, it seems like you're either coming out of a difficult time, you're in the middle of a difficult time, or or there's a difficult time waiting for just to happen. And so where is God in the midst of storm? If if one of the names of, of Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, where is he in the middle of the storm? Where where is he at? We and 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 I don't know about you, but we had some big storms hit our country. Anybody anybody have heard of big storms like hurricanes, right? And um I was kind of thinking about this, and I've always thought that the funniest thing about the storms is that we name them after people. Have you ever thought about that? How weird is it that we name storms after people? Like, really, like, you couldn't get more creative than that? Um, and, and, I mean, we had Hurricane Irma, right? Irma? Anybody Irma? Like, uh, how about uh, Hurricane Harvey? Anybody Harvey? I guess they'll name it after Steve Harvey. Um, and... and um, could, could you imagine if we named um, storms or like, could you imagine if we named um, everyday events after people? How funny would that be, right? Um, think about it. If you couldn't make it to work, right? You go to your boss and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, boss. Like, I couldn't come today. I had a hangover Howie. Yeah, right? And you're like, sorry, I had a hangover. I mean, just took me out. It's category four hangover type of thing, right? 
You're like, how do you know, Pastor? I'm a pastor. Or, or okay, let's, let's take a little bit, a little bit, it was too far. Um, how about for some of you, like, hey, I'm sorry, I had diarrhea, Diana. I'm sorry if, you, if your name is Diana or like, how we, I'm sorry, okay, I didn't, I didn't know. It was bad. It was diarrhea, Diana, it was bad. Um, she was bad. But, but you know, like I did my research, right? That's what, because that's what pastors do, right? We don't just, you know, we, we research a couple of stuff. And I thought it was pretty interesting to go back to where this all started. You know, back in the day, they did not used to name uh, uh, disasters or, 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 or things like this after people. Um, it goes all, um, they, they used to name it after geographical uh, uh, spaces, right? But it was done until 1954, Right? I'm going to give you a history lesson, right? So you definitely put this in your journal because it's pretty interesting facts. 1954, that was the first year the U.S. meteorologists started naming storms after their wives or their girlfriends. And I began to think, how funny is that? Could you imagine if I was a meteorologist and I was married to Kirsty, right? And I was like, hey, babe, like, listen, um, there is this huge storm coming our way and it's about to take out cities and it's about to like kill people it is going to be so terrible it reminded me of you <laughs> right so it was like you know uh uh, uh hurricane kirsty that's what i'm gonna name it what do you think about that i would have not been married for 10 years right it would have been like over then right and and, and, and but, but that's kind of like why in the world were you thinking of naming Disasters after your girlfriends and your wives, right? How terrible. And then in night, not just, okay, I'm going to give you one more fact, okay, until we move. I promise we'll get to the word of God, okay? In 1979, there was an equal right movement for storms. That they were like, why are we just name them after women? We should name them after guys too. And then that's how the guys got brought to the storms, okay? That's it. A history lesson and for you hopefully you enjoyed it see you guys next week let's pray i'm kidding y'all relax that was not funny was it all to say this okay some of you are in a storm right now that you are tempted you're so tempted to name them for some of you you, you say, like, Brian, like, I'm going through, through a storm of just depression and anxiety, and I'm going through a storm of just losing a loved one. Or, Pastor Brian, I wish I can get through this financial storm. Or, Pastor Brian, I wish I can get out of this relational storm. Whatever it is, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a real pain storm, and we just want the storm to go away. How many of you guys will wish that the storm would just go away and the sun will shine again and the birds will <laughs> and everything just to be like it used to be? So what do I do in the middle of the storm? Where is Jesus, Emmanuel, in the middle of the storm? Unfortunately, a lot of people, when it comes to God, they often blame God for the storm. Or they will question, where is God? People leave faith and question faith 
because of the storm that they're facing. Why would God allow this, Pastor Brian? I don't understand where is God in the good storm? Where is a good God in the storm? And the key, is, uh, the key principle and the key idea for today, I just have one point, and it's this. Write it down. Never allow the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I'm going to say it again. Never allow the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God because he is Emmanuel, God with you in the middle of the storm. So what I want to do today, I want to unpack one of my favorite stories, and I've preached on this story before, but I'm just going to, um, I'm going to just use a little portion of the scripture, and we're going to dive into a few words that really captured my eye during this week, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 27, okay, and we're going to, and, and if you want it more in depth of like, I, I did a, a whole, like we went through this awesome story. Uh, I, I called it my, my message back in the day. It was out of your boat. If you remember that, uh, it, was one, it was one of my favorite messages. I brought a whole boat even. It was, it was awesome, right? I don't know if it's in YouTube. It might be somewhere, okay? Go and find it. Ask Gary for it. Hopefully he has it because I don't, I tried to look at it. It's not in our podcast. So it might be in YouTube, okay? Uh, and, and we went through a little bit. But today I just want to give you a little bit of concept of the story makes sense, okay? There's this guy named Paul right? And Paul is so on fire for the Lord, and he's trying to spread the gospel, and, and Paul is trying to get to Rome, okay? And, and, and everybody say, he was trying to get to Rome. Everybody say, Rome. Rome. That was his, he was like, if I can just get to Rome, I mean, if the gospel can reach all the way to Rome, it can, it can reach out to the entire world. And that was his desire, that was his goal, that was what he wanted to do. And he wanted to get to Rome as a, as a preacher, as a pastor, as a preacher, right? And the reality is that he did not get to Rome as a preacher. Instead, he got to Rome as a prisoner, okay? And it is interesting what this story takes place. And Paul is trying to get to Rome, but he's now in prison. And, and, and he's not in Rome yet in this, in, this, in this particular verse in time. But if you read Acts 27, the story is just crazier. It's like a whole movie, okay? That's homework for you, okay? But what we're going to catch, and, and it's like we'll spend most of the time in, in verses 20 to, to 25. And, and, and what, what, what's happening right now, Paul is on its way to Rome. And he's in this boat as a prisoner with a bunch of people. And there is a storm that happens. Everybody says storm. There you go. With the accent. Storm. You got to do the S. And, and, and they're in the massive crazy storm. And, and this storm went on for several days. And just the crew is terrified by now. They started throwing everything that they had in the middle of the boat. And, and they're just freaking out. And this was the storm they thought they would not survive. Okay. And let's pick up the story, and that's chapter 27, verse 20, and, and this is how we read, okay? Read it with me. It says, the terrible storm raged for many days, putting out the sun and the stars until at last. Everybody said, at last. All hope was gone. When I read that, 
that caught my attention. Because hope is not gone just, just like that, right? Like there's, if, if I lose hope, you just, there's no way you just see that I lost hope, right? What, what had to happen? I had to communicate that I lost all hope, right? I had to tell Avery, hey, bro, like I'm hopeless, man. There is no way, right, that you can just see me and then you can just, you can just say, oh, Brian lost all hope, right? There's no way. So, so these people, it's not just emotionally, but they're literally communicating to one another. We lost hope. We're hopeless. And in order for us to understand that all hope was gone, we got to understand what happened. Uh, bloating out the sun and the stars. What does that mean? They lost their guide. They lost the one thing that they used to be guided to where they were trying to go. And when the stars disappear, when their guide disappear, when the presence of what was going to guide them disappear, all hope was gone. How many times have we found ourselves in the exact same situation? Perhaps that's your situation today. You have lost all hope. There's no way our marriage is going to make it. There's no way we're ever going to climb out of this financial debt. There's no way we're going to beat this cancer. I'm going to be alone, Pastor Ryan, for my entire life. Pastor Ryan, after what happened, I don't think I'm going to be able to afford graduating from college. They, these people in this boat, gave out all hope. And the storm continued to rage. And they gave up all hope. Look at verse 21 says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally. Everybody said, finally. Finally. Paul called the crew together and said, okay, let's meet together, everybody. And this is the first thing we said. he says. Look, this is crazy. You should have listened to me in the first place. Oh, how many times we do that, right? Whenever you say, I told you, you should have not done that. Should have never listened. You should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. Paul was just a regular guy. And as spiritual as he was, he was not about doing what so many of us love to do when we're right. How many of you guys love when you're right? Right? Like anybody like, I, I love when I'm right, especially when it's a fight with Kirsty, right? When we're in the middle of an argument, right? And, and then like, there, I mean, I have not won many arguments with my wife, but man, I sure do remember the ones I've won, okay? I'm going to take those wins to my grave because it feels good, Winning feels good, okay? And you don't get that many wins with your wife, okay? And you just got to accept it. But those wins, man, man, be proud of those and, and, and just keep on going, okay? They, those wins don't come often, okay? But Paul says, I told you so. I was right. If you could just listen to my advice, you wouldn't be in the middle of the storm. And what's interesting here, and I'm just going to jump a little bit of points out here. 
But you know what that, that showed me? What you go through, what you go through does not determine where you end up. I think we've mistaken this idea and this concept. Then what we go through, Pastor Brian, I'm just going through these things and I'm just going to end up there. What you go through does not determine where you end up. You know what does? What you listen to does. If you would have listened to me, people, Paul said, we would have never ended up in this situation. My friend, let me break it to you. People have gone through the same things you've gone through or you've been through, and they're more mature than you are. People have lost the same people that you've lost to, and they're not as bitter to God like you are. I know that stings a little bit, right? You know why? Because what you go through, my friend, does not determine where you end up. Everybody goes through something. Everybody will go through something one day. You will go through something. And what you go through does not have to determine where you end up. But you know what will? The voices that you listen to. The voices that you listen to will determine where you end up. Why were they in the storm? Well, they were in the storm because it was their own fault. Because they made a decision to go. To go to get to Rome, even though some people were like, hey, we, sh we should have, we should not go. The storm is pretty bad. It'll be okay. We'll be all right. How many of us we've done that though, right? It's going to be all right. I don't know. This is storm. It's okay. I got it, man. I, we could. We've done this. Let me just do my thing. Oh, oh, oh we do this. Oh, Pastor Brian, it's just the devil is attacking me, Pastor Brian. Oh, my goodness. I'm just a big target in the devil. And we blame the devil so much. The devil has gotten so much credit for your own fault, then it's, like, incredible. The majority of the time of my own troubles is not the devil. It's myself. Am I stepping on your toes too, too much? A little bit? I'm sorry. The devil did this, Pastor Brian. No, no, no. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's your own dumb decisions. And some people are elbowing themselves and be like, oh, man. Sometimes it's our own fault, isn't it? I'm including myself in it. Sometimes you're in the middle of the storm because you spend too much money on stuff that you did not need. Sometimes... You're in the middle of the storm because your emotion got the best of you and you said something you should have not said. Sometimes you're in the middle of the storm because you procrastinated to put stuff off and you never got it done. It's not the devil's fault that you did not pass that exam. It was that you stayed late eating pizza and hanging out with your homies that you did not pass the exam. One more, okay? I, I know I'm stepping. One more, okay? Sometimes you're in the middle of the storm because everybody else told you not to date him. Your mama told you not to date him. Your daddy told you not to date him. 
your pastor told you not to date him. Your best friend told you not to date him. Your fortune cookie told you not to date him. And you argue back. But he's got so much potential, Pastor Brian. Yeah, he's got the potential to ruin your life. So you dated him anyways. Sometimes you're in the middle of the storm because it's your own fault. And maybe that's why they gave up hope. You know what I found? It is easier for me, and this is, this is just special. I'll take my watch off because my watch is going to tell me to breathe here in a second. It is easier for me to believe that God will get me out of a storm when I know he put me in it. It is harder for me to believe that God will get me out of a storm when I myself put, when I put myself in it. I'm going to say that again. It is it is easier for me to believe that God will get me out of a storm when I, when, I, when I believe that he is the one that put me in it, right? Because, God, if you put me in it, I'm going to see a victory, right? I mean, you're, you're testing me, right? It's like Abraham, Moses, right? You're doing that. That's what I do a lot of times, right? It's easier for me to believe that God will get me and get me my breakthrough when when he put me in it, right? God, if you put me in it, you're going to get me out of it, right? God, thank you, amen, Jesus. Let's, we love the Lord, and let's praise him. It is easier for me to believe that. It is harder for me to believe that God will get me out of a storm when I and my own self and my selfish decisions and my own stupidity put myself in it. It is just harder. God, I did this. I, Oh, this is my own fault. I, I don't deserve to be rescued. And some of them, they're like, we put ourselves here. And the storm is raging and the waves are crashing and we lost any type of guide and they, they gave up all hope. Now, there are some people in the boat that it wasn't probably their fault, right? They were probably like, maybe we should listen to Paul. Hey, Cap, he, he has a point. He say not to go. And the cop was like, no, 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 we should go. We'll be just fine. And, and they got in the boat because they had to. And if you can imagine, I, I don't know how the, big the crew was. And let's just say there were probably a few guys in there. And they said, well, maybe. The ca- All right, well, here we go. And how, how many of you have ever been in the middle of a storm and it wasn't your fault? Anybody? Like, and you've been in the storm and it was not even your fault. And, and, and you're like, you know, sometimes it's like. I don't want you to point on anybody, okay? And it's like, you're like, it was your fault. I told you not to go there. And we go in there and we got in trouble. And, you know, don't do that, okay? But I, I know some of you guys have, you know, as a kid, your, your parents, they up divorcing. And 
and you're in the middle of the storm and it wasn't your fault. Maybe your company, your friends made all sorts of bad decisions and they, they ended up having to downsize and, and you know, you're just, you're just, it was just fire and it was not your fault. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you trusted somebody and they gave you their word and you believed them and their word and you thought that they were going to do what they said they were going to do and, and they did not deliver and then one day you're in the storm and it was not your fault. Whatever the case may be, whatever side of the spectrum you are, the reality is that you're in the storm. Sometimes it's just the easiest thing to do is to give up hope. You're just hopeless. So the storm continued to rage and they gave up, they gave up all hope. And, but my friend, never let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of God. Emmanuel. And this is what Paul says. Look at verse 22. He says, okay, I have told you so, but, but this is what it gets interesting. It says, but take courage. Everybody say, take courage. Take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Woo, yeah. yeah but, but even though the ship will go down, okay, we're going to go down. You ain't going to die, okay? For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong kind of cocky right the angel of God I belong to God right a little bit of cockiness in there it's all right she's, she's right though right remember guys when you get the victory it's all right to play a little bit of cockiness okay it's okay I'm talking about with your wife okay because you don't get those victories all right and I feel what Paul feels a little bit he's a little last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me look what verse 24 says and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone selling with you. So take courage, for I believe, God, it will be just as he said. Let, let's, let's backtrack and let's go to, to the first part of this. Of, I want to unpack this because this is so rich, okay? And, and, and can we just, sometimes, guys, when we read the Bible, maybe we just need to slow down a little bit. Is that good? Like, any time that when you're in your quiet time, just slow down the Bible. I want to show you a couple of things. So look, look, at, look at verse 22. But take courage. None of you will lose your life. And some of you need to hear this tonight. Keep your courage. Keep your faith. The storm is not going to take you down. Think for a second at this precise moment in, in, in time right now that God will orchestrate everything in your life for you to get to this point and hear these words. The storm is not going to take you down. That's why you're still breathing. That's why you're here. Don't give up on yourself when God has not given up on you yet. Why would you give up on yourself 
when God is still believed that the best believes that the best is yet to come for your own life. And, and look, look at this next part. I, I love this. But take courage. You know, if you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down for, check this out, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Do you know the craziest thing that in the middle of this storm, God, sorry, Paul, had an appointment. In the middle of the storm, storms is just waves are raging, things are crashing. I mean, people are going crazy, but, but God had an appointment with, with Paul in the middle of it. And look, it, it, was, it, was, not, uh, it was out of, uh, of the books. It, it was not in Paul's calendar. Right, and 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 remember, it's, it's it's not it's not what you go through that determines the outcome. Is the is who you listen to. And Paul turned his ear to this angel. But the question is, who are you going to listen to? Your circumstances, to your storm, to your enemy, to yourself not what you go through that determines when you will end up it's who you listen to the craziest thing is God sends an angel and stands beside Paul and you know angels sometimes are around us I believe there are some angels in the room tonight it would be cool if there's some big old angel behind me right now I think that would be awesome I, I think it's cool and I believe with all of my heart that what we see with our physical eyes is not all there is. That there's a spiritual world that goes beyond what we have the ability to see. And there's a spiritual battle going on right now. And I will hope just for the next few minutes, because it's about to get very interesting right now, that you will put any distractions aside and will turn your ears to listen to the word of God. Because this word, what we're about to, to, to go die, it, it has the potential, my friend. To not just, I know for some of you, you said my life is good, my, but your life is not going to be good all the time. God will be good all the time. Circumstances are going to change. And one day, I hope that you go back to this word and you say, I remember when Pastor Ryan said that the storm is not going to take me out. So the angel stands before Paul, and I think that's pretty cool. And Imagine that you're in the middle of a storm and the presence of God is with you in that moment. And my friend, God is with you in different, in, in different ways. And, and yes, sometimes he's, he's in the form of supernatural being and he sends angels. And, but he's also with you if you're a believer within you through his spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, his spirit dwells in you. He goes before you. Our God is already in tomorrow. He's not bound with by time. My friend, he is Emmanuel, and he hears your prayers. He's comforting you when you hurt. He's directing you when you're lost. You have no idea all the different ways that God is with you in the presence of a storm. Paul says, an angel of the Lord stood beside me in the middle of the storm. So never let the storm make you doubt of the presence of God Almighty. 
And when I look back in my life and the storms that I have faced in my own life, you know the number one character, character, characteristic, oh, the number one characteristic that I face, you know what it is? Disappointment. Whether I put myself in the storm or whether other people put me myself in the storm or maybe it's a storm that God has just put in front of me, whatever storm might have caused, I feel disappointed. I feel very disappointed sometimes. I'm like, what? And when I looked at that word disappointment, you know what I saw? Look, put it up. This appointment. You know that when you're in the middle of the storm and you feel disappointment, you know what there is in the middle of that word? An appointment. They lost hope. They were disappointed. They were disappointed. But in the middle of their disappointment, God had an appointment. Do you know that? You're in the storm. And you feel disappointed? Know this. God has an appointment for you tonight. God had an appointment with Paul. And Paul chose to listen to the appointment. I call it the appointment in the middle of the disappointment. And my prayer is that you will not miss the appointment in the middle of the disappointment. Because do you think that Paul wanted to get to Rome this way? Do you really think this wasn't his plan? It was not in his plan. It was not like, I cannot wait to go to Rome as a prisoner and go through the storm and it's just going to be so much fun. But no. This was not the plan. And I know for some of you, not because you're going through some rough storms means that God has forgotten your destination. Paul was going to get to Rome may not might have happened the way he thought but he was going to get to Rome have you ever it's funny to me I just just remind me because I was I was I was listening to this have you been anybody I hate series okay anybody else hate series everybody love you hate series Slay. Uh, Slay and I, he's with me I hate series. Why? Because I'm the kind of person that I just want to know the end. Anybody with me? Like, I hate waiting, okay? I went through Otter Banks in one whole night. Why? Because I couldn't, it was so intriguing, and I was like, I hate this thing. First of all, I, was, I had COVID, so I was like, perfect timing to finish a whole series, right? But, but, but I, can, I just can't wait. I want to know what happens, period, right? And, 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 and I, was, I was, anybody, I was hooked in Terminal List. Anybody Terminal List? I, I was hooked. And that series is incredible, okay? Amazon Prime, it's awesome. If you need an account, let Seb know. He'll pass you the, his, all his information so you can watch it, okay? Um, but, 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 but the coolest thing about this, I was, like, I was like, oh, God, I hope that he don't die, right? So there's Chris Pratt, right? 
And what I did is I just went through all of this and tried to see the pictures. And guess what? All his pictures was until the last chapter. I was like, he's going to die. He's going to make it through. And you know what reminded me of this for a little bit? Because that is what kind of God was saying to Paul. I was like, hey, I know like you're in, 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 in season one uh, in, in the first episode. But let me tell you this. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen. But, but on the finale season, you're still going to be there. And for some of you, you need to understand that. That right now, yes, it may seem, it may feel like the finale season. But you're not in the finale. You are going to make it. This is just one whole chapter. That's all there is. Does that make sense? God is saying, hey, you are going to make it to the grand finale, episode 10. This is just episode 3. And I know it gets intense in this kind of life. But if you can just hang on to me, you're going to make it. You are going to make it. You will see the storm come through. You will see the sunshine again. If you can just hold on to me, hold on to hope, and hold on to faith, you will see it through. So don't miss the appointment in the middle of the disappointment. You know what will happen if, if you don't miss the appointment? You'll, become, you'll come out of the storm better. You'll come out of the storm mature. You will grow. Any bonus verses? I know I, know I said like we will stick into the word, but anybody want a little bit of some, some, some extra verses to, to kind of like, like kind of more like solidify this idea. Yeah, anybody? Okay. These are not on the story, but it has the same image of the Lord being by your side, of the Lord finishing what he started. Look at, look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. This is what it says. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me, abandoned me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood with me and gave me the strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. The appointment in the middle of the disappointment. Some of you are going to realize that what you're going through right now, the Lord has not left you. He's still by your side. He's giving you strength. David said it in the Old Testament just like this. Psalm 16 verse, verse 8. I know the Lord is always, always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right. Come on, he is right. Who is beside you matters. Would you agree? Let, let, let me point it this way. Noah, where are you at, boy? Come here, Noah. Everybody give it up for Noah, okay? <laughs> All right. You see Noah, and, 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 you know, he's kind of like my same size, right? And um, listen, listen. Stop. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I, I like to, I, lo I love to fight back in the day, okay? No anymore. God restored my soul. He matured me. I'm a better person now, okay? But if I see Noah, I know his background, right? He, he's bad. I, over there, if you see him, he'll destroy me like this, right? He'll just, I tried to choke him one day, and then he did a one whole thing, and I literally know how strong he was. I will not mess with him. If I see him, if I know, I, I'm not going to mess with him, right? So if, if I was in high school with him, I, I would have messed with him. If I would have known, this is what I used to do. Micah, where are you at, boy? Come here. 
If I was, if I was by myself, I'd be like, what's up, man? But if I knew who was beside me, guess what? If you had trouble with me, guess what? I can go. You know why? Because I know who's beside me. <laughs> so, so what does Micah bring me now? He brings me courage. He brings me confidence, right? To know that if I'm on myself, this duty's going to take me out. But I know who's beside me. Come on, Micah. No, no, easy there. Right now, no, okay? We can't fight in church. In the parking lot, we might, okay? But you know the difference? My posture, my approach changes when I know who's beside me. I know, he, I know he's got my back. I know, like, the moment Noah brings me down, he's going to jump up, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to run, but we're going to get victorious and be like, yeah, my God, we got it. Thank you, guys. When you recognize, when you recognize that even though you're in the presence of a storm, but you recognize the presence of an almighty God with you in the middle of the storm, your confidence changes. Your faith changes because your faith is not anymore into what you can do, but who is beside you. I know the Lord is always with me. Wouldn't you want to have that confidence that David had? I will not be shaken. That does not mean he wasn't being shaken. This was a decision that in the middle of the circumstance that he was not going to be shaken. For he is right beside me. In the New Testament, there's a powerful story of, of the disciples being, being in the middle of the storm. And they were freaking out. And they're like, what are we going to do? We're about to die. Where is Jesus? Where was Jesus? Leap. What are you doing, Jesus? Wake up. We're about to die. This whole gospel is spreading the news. Thing is about to be dead. We're about to go down the storm. And Jesus wakes up. Like, oh, peace be still. Storm. And they experience the peace in the boat. Jesus turns around. Why are you so afraid, you little faith? Why did they experience peace in the boat? You know? You know what they experienced peace in the boat that day? Because Jesus was with them. Put this in your notes. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Storms are going to come. The winds are going to blow. Rain will come. But the peace that you're looking for isn't going to be found in a circumstance you face. But it is fully and only, will only be found in the presence of an almighty Jesus. Real peace is not found in a trouble-free life. You will never have trouble-free life. 
following Jesus does not mean that bad things will not happen. That is bad theology right there. Jesus never said that it was going to be easier. If you came to Jesus thinking that he was going to fix all your problems, my friend, you came to, to Jesus for the wrong reasons. He's not going to fix all your problems. He's going to walk with you through them, which makes a lot of difference. But following Jesus does not mean we're never going to experience trouble. Look what John 16, 33 says. In this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble. But this is a promise. But take courage. Take heart. I have overcome the world. We know how this story ends. Even in your season finale, you're still getting shaken up. Guess what, my friend? At the end of all history, we know how this story ends. We know the finale finale. We know that Jesus will come and take up his bride and defeat the enemy for once and for all. Real peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus, that he is with me, that he is right beside me, that he will never leave me nor forsake me. Now I'm almost done. Verse 23 says this. Look what Paul says. Last night an angel of the God whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness He's granted safety to everyone selling with you. In other words, you will not go down in this battle, Paul, because God has more battles for you to fight. He said, hey, this storm is just, it's just going to sneak peek of what's coming. You will stand trial before Caesar. Guess what? You're gonna, it's going to be all right. And some of you need to hear this right now. You cannot go down in this battle you're facing. Because God has more for you to do. He's not finished with you just yet. If you're not dead, he's not done. And guess what? God has more people for you to love. He has more opportunities for you to serve. He's, more, he's got more times that he's calling you to be a blessing. You are not going to go down in this storm. The ship may go down. But the storm will not take you out. In fact, God will use what you learn in the storm to prepare you to help others through their own storms. And I love this because you know why? There is purpose in your storm. You're not facing the storm just because. There's a purpose in the storm that you're facing. The storm did not surprise God. He is doing something in you. He is speaking to you. He is strengthening you. In you, he is deepening your roots, and he will use what you learn in your storm for you to help somebody else through theirs. You know what? Yes, right now I may be with Noah and I have a Micah, but one day God is preparing you for you to become a Micah for somebody else. Does that make sense? You will not go down in this battle. Because you know who is beside you. And sometimes it will be God. And sometimes God will send people around you that will fight with you. Why? So that you can become like them for somebody else one day. That's why. One day you will say, you know what? I, I've been through a storm just like you. Now you can come up here. I'm done. And we survived on faithfulness in our marriage. You can survive in yours as well. 
Some of you will say, you know, like I've overcome financial hardship. We did what was right and we climbed out of debt. Let me, let, let me help you get out of debt as well. For me, it's like I used to be in bondage to pornography. But by the grace of Jesus, he set me free. And the same Christ who set me free can set you free as well. Yes, I was battling the storm, and sometimes the storm pushed, and sometimes that storm destroyed me. And guess what? I overcame that, not because of my own strength, but who was with me. You know why? You know why God helped me? So he can prepare me to help you. And I'm glad he did. And he's doing the same thing with you. There is purpose in your storm suddenly you start to become an evangelist for the presence of God who never leaves you in the middle of the storm God is doing something he is working in you you don't always know when you're in the storm but on the well, what's on the other side of the storm guess what when you're safe on the shore you often will look back and say Whoo! oh man that was tough I will not do that again. Whew. We lost the ship. We made it. Woo, man. You drink some salty water there, anybody? I know I swallowed some salty water, man. I know that. That was, that was terrible, man. Was, but, man, we made it. We're alive. We made it to the shore. Thank God. We didn't die. Lost the ship. Woo, man, that was hard. I will not do that again. But you know what? As I look back at all the storms in my life, I will not trade it for anything. I will not trade in the intimacy that I had with God in the middle of the storm and how close he was with me. Come on, Brian. One more stroke. Just keep on swimming, Brian. It's going to be all right. So I know you just swallowed some salty water. You're starting to freak out. Don't freak out. I'm beside you. Just one more paddle. One more stroke. One more time, and I will not trade my relationship with God in the middle of the storm for anything in the world, because He has matured me, He has grown me, and He has made me a better follower of Jesus Christ, because I have seen how He works in the middle of the storm. The character, the trust, the faith in my God. That is result of being in the storm will not trade it for anything. Now I'll finish with this. Everybody please stand up. I have 10 closing, okay, if you know me. This is my third one. <laughs> look at verse 25. Look, look what it says. And I want you to live with this tonight. So, take courage. Anybody say, take courage. Everybody, come on. Take courage. Courage, you know, like, like you believe that God is saying that to you tonight. Take, come on, take, take, in the middle of disappointment, take, in the middle of the storm, take, in the middle of the breakup, take, in the middle of the disarray and everything, just take courage. For I believe God. He doesn't say, I will believe the circumstances unless I believe who is beside me. I believe who is next to me. It will be just. As he said, another version says it like this, I have faith in God that it will be just as he said. 
I have faith that it will happen. That we will see God through. That he will be my deliverer. That he will be my provider. That he will bring healing. That in the middle of the storm that I will experience his peace. I have faith in God that it will happen. Here's the bottom line. You cannot control the storm. You can't. You cannot control what people say about you. You cannot control what people do to you. But what you control is what you believe. And what you can't control is what you, where you put your faith on. Yes, don't put your faith on the storm. Don't put your faith on your boat. Some of you have had your boat and your plans, and guess what? Sometimes God wants you to, wants to break your boat because that's where your faith has gone through. Your faith has gone not to God, but to your boat. And God had to take your boat away so that you can look up to him. I'm not going to put my faith in my boat. I'm going to put my faith on the one who made the boat. I'm not going to put my faith in my circumstances. I have faith in God that he will come to pass. And what he, will, what he says, it will happen. I want you to read this with me. Psalms 46, verse 1 and 3. We want to read this together. And I want you to extend your hands up to God if you feel comfortable too. Look what it says. Let's read it together. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Look, next. I will not give my hope away. I will not fear. Maybe that's what the Lord is telling you tonight. Do not fear. I am with you. Even though I lose my job, my relationship may fall apart, God is with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. True peace is found in Emmanuel. God with us. In the middle of the valley, in the middle of the storm, he is with you. God brought you here tonight in the middle of your disappointment. For some of you, you've just been disappointed. You've just been, you gave up all hope. And God brought you here tonight in the middle of your disappointment. Check this out. To have an appointment with you. Because you've been putting your focus on everything else but Jesus. And when I was reading this, I was like, God orchestrated everything in your life to meet with you tonight. He brought you here to remind you that you will not go down in this storm. That he loves you. That he cares for you. That he has got his, your whole life in his hand. Why would you freak out when he's not freaking out for you? Whether you're a follower of Jesus 
and just say, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. Thank you, Lord. And even if you don't know what you believe about him just yet, God brought you here tonight to meet with you. And to let you know, you will see the light through the storms. You will make it. He, he, he paid the price for your victory. You know that? Like the fact that we can say that we will make it through the storm is not necessarily based on what we are going to do. But on what Jesus did for you and me more than 2,000 years ago. Holy God sent his only son. He was a volunteer. He came down as a little baby, just like you. 100% man, 100% human, 100% God. And he lived a sinless life for 33 years, performed miracles, lived a sinless life, and then went on the death, and a terrible death, and a cross for you. You know why? Because holy God cannot be in the presence of sin. And he had to somehow judge sin. So he poured out his, his wrath and his judgment upon his own son. What belonged to you, God poured it all on Jesus. And Jesus paid the price for you to have eternal life. And for some of you, that's the appointment that he brought you here to experience he brought you here to remind you and to let you know that the price of what you've been looking for has already been paid that everything you're looking for can be found in Jesus all he asks is for you to believe that he is enough that it is not Jesus plus your good works it is not Jesus plus your plus plus how good you can behave. It's Jesus plus nothing. It is not Jesus plus your boyfriend. It's not Jesus. It's just Jesus plus anything. It's just nothing else. It's Jesus alone and Jesus only. So what are you gonna do? Paul chose to listen, and that brought him the victory. Circumstances. Your outcome is not determined by what you go through, but by the voice you listen to. And for some of you tonight, it's just time to surrender your whole life to Him. The difference between peace in the storm is who's in your boat. The difference of you finding peace in the middle of the storm is finding who is in your boat. And that's the question I want to leave you with tonight. Who do you have in your boat? Is it you and everything that you value? Your possessions, your careers, your things. It's just so if I can just hold on to this, I'll make it. Is it Jesus plus your best friends? Is it you and your best friends? Jesus plus what makes you comfortable is it just, just what's in your boat what's in your boat would you bow your heads and close your eyes it's pretty simple for straightforward 
And I'm going to give you some time because I want you to take some time. And, and I know I got a little bit longer tonight and I did not want to rush through the message of what Jesus had for you. But for some of you, I just want to give you time to reflect. And in this time of our service, it can get so, 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 so common, so repetitive. But my friend, you never know what tomorrow holds for you. You never know if you're ever going to live one more day. The chances of you dying is one of one, one out of one dies. Period. And where, where you will spend eternity is the biggest. Is the, is the, is the, is the, it can be the most important decision of your life and tonight my question is just pretty dead simple and nobody's looking it's just you and God and my question is is Jesus on your boat if you can look just down deep into your soul is Jesus in your boat like I said, Jesus just came in tonight and he wanted to meet with you. He had an appointment in the middle of your disappointment. So if that's you, if you say, Brian, I want Jesus in my boat, it is very simple, my friend. All you got to do is believe that he paid the price for your sins, that he came, that he lived, he died and that he rose again. And if that's you, and you want to have Jesus in your boat tonight, would you just lift up your hand? Nobody's looking. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I'm just going to give you some time right now. And if the Holy Spirit is just tagging in your heart right now, I'm just say, hey, I want to come in your boat. Would you let me in? Would you just lift up your hand? Nobody's looking. I see your hand. God bless you. It is the best decision you are ever going to make. Come on, Jesus is coming. He came down tonight to meet with you. He has an appointment for you. If that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It says, I love you. I have a plan for you. I'm not done with you yet. I know you're in the middle of the storm, but you will see it through right now. I just feel one more person. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand right now? Have the courage. Have the boldness. Jesus came tonight to meet with you. A few more seconds. A few more seconds. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Just say, hey, I want to meet with you, Jesus. If you raise your hand, I just want to lead you into a prayer where you can just invite Jesus into your boat, into your life. Just repeat after me and and, and, and there's nothing magical about your words, but just everything would you put your faith on, okay? And just, just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, tonight, I accept your invitation. Thank you for having an appointment in the middle of my disappointment. Lord, I am sorry for everything that I've done. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I don't have it all together. Tonight, I ask you, Lord, that you will forgive me of my sins. And I put my faith, not on my circumstances, but on Jesus, the perfecter of my faith. 
I promise I'll do my best to represent you well in the world. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for giving me an eternal home. This is my new beginning. Come on, say it together. This is my new beginning. I love you because you love me first. I can't wait to spend eternity with you. Thank you for saving my life. I belong to you. And you belong to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for those who have given their life to the Lord tonight? Um, in a minute, we're going to go back into worship. And what I would just want to do, I just want to open the altar. I just feel like I, I su I'm supposed to do this. The band is going to go back into worship. And, 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 and as, as, I, as, as we go into the altar, just come in and just kneel down and, and pray to God. And if you're going in the middle of the storm, just, just come in and just say, God, today I'm leaving confident that, yes, I may be in the storm. And, yes, my, my storm may not change when I walk out of this place. But my, now I'm living confident that you are with me in the middle of the storm.